Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. And as a reminder, we are year-round, dudes. We never stop. There are always different strategies, philosophies, futures, other major betting events to get into, and we do that all year round. And by we, I mean myself, Steve Fezzik. We're brought to you by betonline.ag. They've got an awesome promo code going right now, Big Game, where you can get two tickets to the big game, which is the Rams, the Patriots, highly encourage you to use that promo code, big game, before January 28th, so maybe you can win a couple of tickets to the big game. Steve, uh, we got to break down the games from Sunday, our bets, certainly I want to get your thoughts and reaction to really the overtime rule, too, because you always have the numbers on stuff. We've got an excellent guest that will be coming down the pike in a little bit, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, He's a total stud in a lot of different ways, so that'll be cool. And we'll get to some of your email questions. got a little bit of a backlog on the email questions, so we'll get to that. I mentioned Steve. The way to get at him on Twitter is at Fezzik Sports. I'm at Ross Tucker. NFL. Steve, of course, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Westgate Super Contest. I'm just a former journeyman offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, that is trying real hard to avoid a real job as long as I possibly, possibly can. Anyway, very excited about every aspect of today's show, so let's dive in. Really, really excited today about today's guest for a bunch of different reasons. Number one, he's an awesome guy. Number two, he is a combat veteran in the United States Armed Services, Armed Forces, which, as those of you especially listen to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast know how much that means to me. Number three, he has an awesome podcast called the Hazard Ground Podcast. 
in which service members from across the military share their stories of combat, survival, and beyond, which is amazing. They just had their 100th episode with a Green Beret who had nine deployments and now is a president and CEO, which is incredible. So it's an awesome podcast, which, by the way, is now part of the RT Media Network. And, Mark, you like talking about gambling. You talk you like talking about sports betting. So I wanted to bring you on with myself and Steve Fezzik, uh, my co-host here on the Even Money Podcast. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Ross, absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the uh, very kind introduction. But, yes, I, I do love talking sports and certainly love talking gambling. So uh, I, I'm, I'm ready to go. So let's talk about that then. Um, let's talk about the gambling part of it. So do you gamble yourself? Do you just like to talk about the lines? And do you have any sort of uh, general philosophies or strategies? Uh, no, I, I'm an avid gambler. Um, I have been for years um, and any kind of action that's out there, I, I am certainly privy to. So um, I have been in football pools since I've been a teenager as a kid growing up, um, called, you know, being an old school Italian degenerate. But we just kind of always had people around, whether it was at the track or whatever growing up. So I've certainly um, been around a lot of gambling for a better part of my life. I always approach things from, you know, the, the, the what the pros do when it comes to gambling. You know, the old saying is that, you know, fans bet teams, pros bet lines. And so I'm a guy who likes to look at the line and I, I hold to a bunch of different maxims. One being that the line always is what it is for a reason. And it should tell you something about the teams that are being played. And two, Vegas always knows more than you do. They've been at this a lot longer. That's why those buildings in that city are really tall and really bright and really big because they've been standing for a long time because they do it better than we do. So that said, uh, you know, I, I try to look for trends. I'm a guy that, that goes based off of trends. I think there's a science involved in gambling. Uh, there is a certain amount of art to it, but certainly there's a lot of data that goes into it. And the more knowledge you have, the more data you have, the better off you are as far as making an educated bet. Uh, There's luck involved, sure, but there certainly is a great amount of skill to this whole thing. Steve, I'm curious. um, I'm curious for your reaction to what Mark said about uh, the line always tells you something and that Vegas knows more than than we do. I mean, I, I think there's truth to both those things um every once in a while though steve i'll see a line that i don't really understand but you know what sometimes it seems like they are right would would you how would you react to those statements steve yeah i would agree with 98 percent of what mark said i think a big part of it though is i wouldn't say that vegas knows more than you uh in fact i'd say the sharpest betters not just know more but they know a lot more than the Vegas bookmakers know. But, and, and think about this. This makes sense. The Vegas bookmakers have to put up lines on these games on Sunday night. They have incomplete and imperfect information, and they're still having to book bets for an entire week on the NFL. So because of that, it makes sense that anyone, any prudent man or group that's going to spend all week researching the games with injury reports, practice reports, everything else, is going to have better information. Now, Vegas gets that information, but – they largely, from that point forward, just react to the bets coming in. But where Vegas has a huge advantage is, I would argue, the bettors are giving them information all week long by their bets in terms of what their opinions are so they can profile their most profitable bettors 
And when one of those goes ahead and makes a bet against them, they can move their lines accordingly and find sharp and square sides and adjust their numbers such that by Sunday, Vegas truly knows a lot. And I think it's a misconception that people think, oh, they know everything that's going on with the teams. I think a lot of these bookmakers have no idea what's going on with these teams and the injuries, but they know that Mr. M and Mr. L and Mr. X are all on this team, and that's very likely the right side. Steve, can you refresh our memory? And Mark, you might know the answer to this, but how the books balance what they think the right line is or should be versus the money as it comes in. Because I know there's a lot of people that think they just always make sure that the money's even on both sides, which is not the case. But they do react to the money on some level. So I guess my question is, how do they how do they balance? Okay, we got so much money coming in on this side, we're, the the line's going to change, but they don't do that to the point where it's fifty fifty. Sure. So let's use an example. So opening number of the Super Bowl is Pickham, and let's say that Charles Barkley just happens to be at your casino and he comes up and he bets a hundred thousand dollars on the Patriots. You might not move your number at all. You might say, you know. Charles is a, is a lifetime, he's a great guy, but he, he's not a winning sports gambler in our database. So there's no reason that we should panic and move that number necessarily, but it's still a huge bet of 100000 Maybe we'll move that to the Patriots minus one. Now let's compare and contrast that someone goes up to the window and this person has spent their entire life playing golf with Billy Walters and is a profitable gambler lifetime, and they bet New England for 100000 Well, one, you're probably not going to let them bet 100000 and if you did, you'd say, you know what, let's immediately move this spread all the way up to minus two, because this is a guy that more often than not is getting the best of it, and we need to aggressively move and get to a point where we get some action back on the Rams. And, so, and Ross, let me jump in for one second just to add to what Steve says, because sometimes what Vegas will do, and you saw this in the AFC Championship game, Steve, was that the Patriots were originally plus three, but it was minus 120. So you were paying double the juice on a Patriots bet. Now, they won't take that to minus 130, but what they did do is move the line to three and a half and then kick the VIG back down to minus 110. That's just the way Vegas turns around and makes you pay a higher premium on a popular team like the Patriots in order that if they don't come in, you get more money back. Yeah, and it's always difficult when the line is three to three and a half, and Vegas tends to not like to move off of the number because they can get sided when they go from three to a three and a half. But the savvy bookmakers know exactly how much it's worth, the 20 cents to go on or off the three, and you can get some wiggle room. And oftentimes you can um, entice some bets back in the other direction by going to a three and a half. So here's my question then for both of you, I guess. What the heck happened where Sunday night they had the line, they, they had the Rams laying like a point and a half Sunday night, right? And then mm-hmm. now, as we sit here recording this Wednesday, now the Patriots are two and a half point favorites. Is that, is that right, Stephen and Mark? I want you to react to it, but is that right that we've already had a four point swing on this game? Yeah, I would call the opener Rams minus one. So we've had a three and a half point swing, although I don't really count the zero because the game can't land on zero. But ab- absolutely, yes. So and I, why? Why, why? Why did they have the Rams favored? And have they moved it that much just because that much sharp money has come in? 
Yeah, they had the Rams favored because in everyone's power ratings, one week ago, the Rams were a very, very slightly better team rated than the Patriots. And then both teams won in overtime and as a three-point underdog. And so the odds makers said, oh, well, the Rams are the very slightly better team. We'll open this picker Rams minus one. And what the odds makers, and I, I go back to, I always hear, oh, Vegas is so sharp. Vegas isn't sharp. Bookmakers in Vegas are not sharp. The opening number is not sharp. The betters are sharp. So the betters looked at this and said, this is crazy. The Rams were fortunate, almost lucky to win in the end. Patriots absolutely dominated Kansas City. The Patriots have all the experience, and that's got to be worth a ton in the Super Bowl media circus. And because of that, the betters knew the Patriots should be favored, and they, frankly, the sharp pro betters pounded the Patriots at plus one and pick them. Steve, how much do you think, though, that Vegas looked at it and said the Rams winning in New Orleans against Drew Brees, which a much tougher win than Tom Brady with all the playoff experience he has versus Patrick Mahomes winning in Kansas City? I think there was a little bit of they felt like initially the Rams were the better team coming out of the game and then realized once everybody jumped on New England that, wow, we misplaced the start of this thing. Yeah, I think a big part of, of it was that the Rams were fortunate, though, to catch a New England team where Breeze wasn't right and the O-line wasn't right. And the more they looked at that box score, at halftime, Kansas City was getting out game 240-40. to 40. That was just a butt-kicking in Kansas City by New England. And so instead of looking at the final score, but some of the underlying factors, they realized that that New England one was so much more impressive. He is an absolute stud, and you are going to be hearing more of him on some of the different RT media shows, certainly on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast. He's a sports talk radio host in Atlanta. But most importantly, he is a former combat veteran who served in the U.S. Armed Forces, and he's got an incredible podcast that I am really into, so much so that uh, we wanted to bring it in. We wanted to make it part, and the newest part, of the RT Media family of podcasts. It's called Hazard Ground Service Members from all over the different uh, armed forces telling their stories of combat, survival, beyond. If you know anybody that would be into that, make sure you're telling them about it. Certainly give it a listen yourself. Anyone, any service member should absolutely listen to it. I mean, their 100th episode, which came out yesterday, a Green Beret that was in nine deployments and now is president and CEO of a company. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Incredible stories. Highly encourage you all to subscribe, download Hazard Ground, and, and give it a shot to potentially make it part of your podcast arsenal. Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Ross, an absolute pleasure, and thank you so much for uh, allowing us to be part of RT Media. We're so excited that the Hazard Ground is now part of this whole conglomerate and certainly looking forward to some great things, but we, I appreciate the time and uh, looking forward to much more in the future. As always, Steve, we have to thank the Birdman at LBirdman on Twitter, Todd Bergman, all year grading us keeping us honest so we can review with each and every one of you how we performed and exactly where things stand. Uh, much appreciate that, Todd. Definitely got to get him on the show 
at some point in the offseason for sure at L Birdman on Twitter. But we do have to get into the two games, Steve. And then I want to get to a couple of email questions here as well. But for the games, let's let's start with the Saints and the Rams. Now, I passed the game and just leaned Los Angeles because they were getting the three and a half points. You put a unit on the New Orleans Saints laying the three and a half. The Rams end up winning in overtime, obviously very controversial, 26 to 23. So you lost a unit there, Steve. And really, even if it wasn't controversial, Steve, and the Rams were able to take a knee and then kick the game-winning field goal, you still would have lost that bet by half a point. I think I actually would have pushed. It was three to three and a half was the line. So I believe I was laying three. But you know what? It doesn't matter because they lost anyways, Ross. And frankly, I clearly, in my opinion, had the wrong side. Saints injuries on the O-line, an example, and I wanted to ask you about this. I know Armstead played. I know Pete played. But four of the five guys for the Rams on the O-line were banged up. Tight end was out. Big deal, right, when everybody's hurting out there? It was. I mean, I, I thought they were arguably the best offensive line over the course of the season. And certainly uh, they didn't perform to that level. They got beat up pretty pretty good by the Rams' defensive line. Sue had a big game. Aaron Donald, Dante Fowler obviously had a big play. So it was an impressive effort by the Rams' D-line. I do want to get your thoughts, Steve, on, in particular, you know, the the no call at the end. I mean, is there, I guess there's no, at what point does there become recourse for someone that bets a game that has, like, a clear error? I, I guess it's, unless the league does something, there's, it's too bad? It's just too bad. There's nothing that can happen. You know, the only um, issues is that every now and then you'll see a grading nightmare on a half or something where, <clears throat> excuse me, someone will make a three, for instance, in basketball, and it'll land it right on the number, Ross, and then they'll review it during halftime, and they'll say, oh, that was only a two, and then they'll actually fix it um, and repost the halftime score. So you do see some um, partial game scores get changed at halftime, and every now and then the message comes up, oh, corrected halftime score. But once the game goes final, it's final, and that is it. Yeah, man. I bet there are a lot of unhappy people. Although, really, like you said, it either would have been a push or, or they still would have lost, depending on where you were, depending on what your, your bet was. And I do – well, we'll get into that with the next game, I guess – but I, I was surprised. I, I really was. I especially the way that game started, Steve. I I thought that the Rams might get run out of the building. They were having so much trouble with the noise. Jared Goff to me looked like he was kind of overwhelmed, almost like the moment was too big for him. And then I realized and I actually talked about this on yesterday's Ross Tucker Football Podcast with Dan Orlovsky that that's just kind of how Jared Goff looks. That's just kind of that's he, he always kind of has that uh, expressionless face, 
And you know how it is, Steve. Now if they win the Super Bowl, it'll say he's just steely calm. Nothing bothers him. When before you're like, dude, wake up. Or you realize you're playing in a big game. But that's just kind of his demeanor during the game. Yes. Are you disengaged or are you calm? It depends whether you win or whether you lose. But the ultimately, the numbers for Goff were good. He wound up with a QBR of 75 for the game, 50 being average. So he absolutely had success. And frankly, the Rams won the stats. You know, Drew Brees, there's been lots of questions about his arm strength. And I know that they dropped the touchdown pass in the first quarter for him. But by the end of the game, he was underthrowing some receivers. And he had just turned 40. And typically, quarterbacks not named Brady when they turn 40 fall off the cliff, and I really have concerns about Breeze next year in terms of what his performance will be. Right. Somebody pointed out the game I was at on Thanksgiving against Atlanta. If you remember, he threw a pick, and he got hit really hard trying to make the tackle on that play. I can't remember if he made the tackle or just got blocked by somebody. So there's some speculation that perhaps Breeze is hurt, you know, that, you know, that just never got out. People don't know it, but that that's been bothering him. I, I don't know the answer to that, but there is some speculation to that. Then let's get to the Patriots and the Chiefs. So here we go, Steve. The Chiefs were laying three points. You lean Kansas City and leaned to the under. I put two units on the under and two units on New England. The final score, 37-31, to 31, New England win. So it's a push for me. I, I got the two units on New England, but I lost the two on the under. If you would have told me, Steve, with a minute and 40 seconds left, really a minute 30, a minute 20 seconds left in the first half, when it was 7 nothing, and Belichick was clearly just trying to run the clock out, if you would have told me that the over would hit by 13 points, I would have laughed you out of Arrowhead Stadium. I mean, Steve, it was 7 nothing. Now, Brady got picked in the end zone. Mahomes missed a wide-open Damian Williams. He got sacked out of field goal range. But it's 7 nothing. I'm on the Chiefs' sideline. And the Patriots are going to run the clock out. And Andy Reid calls a timeout after second down. He did nothing after first down. But after second down, he calls a timeout. And then the Patriots throw the ball on the next play. But, I mean, I would have thought there is no chance the over would hit in that game. Unbelievable scoring back and forth in that fourth quarter. I, can't, I, I lost track of how many touchdowns it was, Steve. Yeah, and when you've got 24 points through three quarters and you're playing under 56, you would think that you would be safe. Somewhat of a questionable timeout by Andy Reid. I think it was third and five, the Pats on their own 30. But he was, he was trailing. And at that point, I don't think either team has an advantage. So the team that has the advantage is the team that has more timeouts left. And so... Um, the fact that New England converted 13 of 19. You know, it's a subtle point, Ross, but I didn't like the read timeout, and here's why. I firmly believe on the first drive, the defenses oftentimes have a small advantage because they're fresh. But by the end of the half, and you got, you got to take advantage of this when you were playing, when you get to play against a D that's been out there for the entire half, and this 
was a big part of the fourth quarter. A lot of fun to be blocking against the gas D line, right? Yeah, well, especially especially if you can get going on that drive a little bit. So that's what I, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you is what did you think of that Andy Reid timeout? I think it was a minute 13 or a minute 19 in the first half. I mean, some people would say, look, you've been getting your butt kicked all half. You're actually lucky that it's only 7 nothing. You should be happy to take that into, you know, in the halftime. Others say you can't look at it that way. Patriots ran the ball on first down and got a yard. Second down, they got like five. So he calls the timeout there and saying, hey, we might be able to get the ball back, get something here. But you don't think that it's, you don't think that it was that, that it was a faux pas by Andy Reid. And really, it's, um, you can go either way on that one. Yeah, because I think it's 50-50, New England converts from the 30. So either New England's going to have the ball on their 30 or Kansas City's going to have the, their, the ball on their 30 after the punts. So if it's about a 50-50 conversion rate, I'm pretty indifferent whether you let the half end or you call timeout. Got it. Okay. Uh, and then let's talk about overtime and your thoughts. It's been a major, major discussion, as everybody knows, your thoughts on overtime, Steve, and the current format the NFL has. You are the numbers guy. You are the math guy. What do you think? Do you like it the way it is? Do you think that they should change it? Do you think that there is a more equitable way to do it? I have noted that since the NFL switched it to the current format in 2012, the team that wins the coin toss only wins the game 52.7% of the time. So it's not like it's overwhelming. Your thoughts? I think long-term it's going to be higher than 52.7%. You clearly have an edge to win the coin toss and get the ball. And especially, you know, with how long have um, – I'm drawing a blank here as far as after the ball goes in the end zone, you start the ball at the 25. Has it been, has it been three years? How long has that been, Ross? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so that clearly benefits the offenses that extra five years yards also. How about this? It seems so simplistic to me. Um, there's no kickoff to start overtime. The team that starts with the ball starts the ball on their own 15. Whoever wins the coin toss can take the ball, or they can play defense. That would be fair, it would seem to me. Why not make that the rule so neither team – I think 15 is like the point of demarcation in terms of who's got the advantage. Why not make it truly a 50-50 shot? And if you're the coin toss winner, hey, you get a slight edge because you can play offense or defense. And I think most people would still pick offense and think they can go the length of the field. But if you move the ball back to the tw- – even if you just move the ball back to the 20, but certainly so, 15, you're probably making it about 50-50. But that, that still wouldn't – alleviate the gripe that people have, which is that both teams don't get the chance at the ball. Yeah, but it would alleviate the gripe that the team that wins the the toss has truly an unfair advantage. You really could argue that, hey, this this is what the math geeks say is the point of equilibrium where both teams have an equal chance. Got it. That that makes sense. You personally, what do you think? I mean, is that what you think they should do, or do you like it the way it is? What do you personally think? 
I, I think it'd be, I like the 15 yard rule. I think it's, um, and one of the things about the NFL, they have never been shy about changing rules and getting caught up in the past. I would argue like soccer, the most popular sport in the world, which is amazing to me. And I'll forecast that, you know, it, it will never become super popular in America. And why? Because if there wasn't all the history behind it and, and the, uh, the other countries, it being their national sport, if, if all of a sudden we just invented every sport, soccer and football, American football would, would be way more popular to watch because it's just a better game. And a big part of it is they change the rules every year to make it better and better and better each and every year. So to summarize, Steve, for the uh, where we are right now, I am down seven units. So I don't know. I might have to make an eight-unit bet on the Super Bowl because I really want to try to be in the black for the year. <laughs> uh, you are up nine units for the season. We did not have a best bet, so we're still 20 out of 45 on the best bets. Let's get to uh, an email question or two. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to Ask Ross. So, as you know, you can always ask Steve any question you want. You just take advantage of any of the sponsors over on the homepage or the sponsor page over at RossTucker.com or make a purchase with the Amazon banner ad on the homepage at RossTucker.com or just rate and review the show and send me that screenshot, Ross at RossTucker.com with whatever your question may be. This one comes to us, uh, Steve, from Matt. Happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you for all the wonderful content you produced for us this year. Really appreciate how you always make it a priority to get us the pods when you are sick and or busy at a time when other pods don't. Saved up this sponsor confirmation for The Athletic, where I read Ross's articles and click awesome every time because they are. Love listening to your and Steve's analysis. Although I listened to the pod last year, this is the first year I have actively bet. Probably would never have done so without listening to your podcast and loving how you not only tell us when to bet, but when to not. At one point, I was heavily down about 18 units and kept listening and followed Steve's advice to my question on bankroll and guess. What? I have made up 15 units since then and still have money outstanding on the late games as I write, which could see me break into profit. Given I am betting small sums really for fun, I am happy with this. I know you probably get a lot of rubbish from people, so something nice is always good. Question I have, how should I change my bets when the lines change? I will generally reduce my bet size if there's a significant shift or no bet at all and are ve- or not bet at all and are very caref- careful around three and seven point differences. What advice would you give to a rookie better who listens to the pod and then sees lines changes when they bet? So he listens to us, Steve, but may not get a chance to bet till later in the week and the lines might change. How do you suggest he reacts to those changes? I think he's got the right idea that you absolutely have to be aware of, are you getting the best of it or the worst of it in terms of a rote algorithm to follow Monday? Boom. Go ahead and print what the lines are on all the games as a point of reference. Then Wednesday, when we do our even money podcast, boom, 
another printout of what the lines are. Let's say you don't bet till Friday. Get another printout and kind of figure out how much the worst of it are you really getting. So by example, in the Super Bowl, um, the opening number on Sunday night was pickup. So here we are middle of the week and New England sitting at a two and a half point favorite. And let's say by Friday it goes up to three, which I don't think will happen, but it could. Um, if you like the Patriots, you got to look at that and say, you know what? I just can't be wagering minus three on New England. I could have had them at pick. And now the money line is at minus 150. Uh, clearly the ship has sailed. So uh, unless there's a quarterback change, a significant injury change in general, I don't think you can make money once a number moves on or off a very key number like three or like seven. Terrific stuff as always, Steve. Absolutely love it. Really looking forward to diving in deep next week with all the prop bets. I know you've got a bunch that are just easy money, it seems, every year. So that should be awesome. By the way, the place to to get that easy money is betonline.ag because, number one, they always give you an awesome welcome bonus. But right now, if you use the promo code BIGGAME, you're entering to win round-trip flight, hotel, VIP tailgate party, and tickets to the big game, Rams, Patriots, for you and a guest in Atlanta. You don't have to spend any money to enter this contest or whatever. It's just betonline.ag. It's promo code big game, and boom, you're entered. It's that simple. Hopefully one of you guys wins. That would be absolutely terrific that'll do it by the way and i guess there's not usually i always say good luck everybody hope you win some money well i guess for those of you that are getting your bets in early here for the super bowl whether it's prop bets some of the prop bets or you know what you've got going with maybe the line itself maybe you're one of those people that took the patriots when they were getting a point and a half and you hit that hard right away maybe you're one of those folks i don't know i do know this no matter what you are betting or doing, I truly do wish you luck and hope hope you do win some money. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.